Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 316 for Tuesday, October the 8th. 2013. So great to have you here. I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Hillary Rumble. Coming up in the newsroom on this episode, Raspberry Pi has manufactured 1 million units in the UK. A new level of cloud-based mobile device management has finally been released. And are you annoyed at your stupid smoke alarm? Well, now there's a smart one. And lastly, Adobe has been hacked, leaking personal information and product source code. So stick around for these stories because they're coming up later in our show. Yikes. Okay. Hey, Dave is joining us from Savvis. We're going to be talking all about their new partnership with VMware in just a couple moments' time, uh, what that means to the users. Stick around. It's going to be a great show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks for joining us. You'll find our website at www.category5.tv. Category 5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. While you're checking them out, do check out our mobile website, m.cat5.tv. You can actually watch this show live uh, right now. And also, uh, you can pick it up uh, if you want to just put on some headphones and listen to the show. There's the Category 5 Technology radio feed as well. Or if you're driving, it's a lot safer than watching the show (laughs) to just plug it in, turn it on, and listen to all the fun and exciting things that we have to say. And speaking of fun and exciting, we have a very special guest tonight. Dave, it's so good to have you here. Uh, hi, Robbie. Very good to meet you. Dave is uh, joining us from Savvis. It's uh, www.savvis.com. That's two Vs. Mm-hmm. Um, do check them out. Um, basically, you know, we're excited to have you on the show, Dave, tonight. Uh, we've been kind of, you know, looking at watching kind of the evolution of Savvis over the past little while. Mm-hmm. And with a recent announcement at VMworld that you have partnered with VMware, which is a you know internationally known company who is uh, just the go-to source for virtualization. So uh, it's great to have you here. Love to hear a little bit, uh, for, especially for the sake of our viewers, Dave, uh, what it is that, uh, that Savvis does and, and uh, what it is that you do at Savvis as well. Great. Um, so thanks, uh, Robbie and Hillary. Good to, good to be with you both. Uh, so Savvis is an IT infrastructure company. Excuse me. Uh, Savvis is an IT It's busy being a, an executive. It's a, you know? And the phone's ringing off the hook here. So the, uh, <laughs> the Savvis is an IT infrastructure company. We make investments in data centers, um, in uh, data center hosting know-how, and the automation that pieces it all together so that our customers don't have to. So we're talking cloud infrastructure, things like that? Exactly. Cloud infrastructure, uh, data center as a service. Um, we really abro- approach the market sort of uh, in between, uh, you know, on one end of a spectrum, you could think of just cloud pure plays, companies right. like Amazon.com or Rackspace that essentially offer up services over the web that you can connect into, swipe a credit card and take advantage of, but you're very much locked into their model. I got on you. the other end of the spectrum, you've got uh, systems integrators and service uh, companies that essentially on a time and materials basis or, you know, sort of a marked up investment basis, they can do IT outsourcing with you. We really strike the balance between those two approaches. We have a standardized service catalog. 
we can develop that into a, a variety of what feels like a custom solution to the customer. In reality, it's just a set of building blocks that are glued together with our own in-house advanced services. Cool. Dave, this all, you know, it's, it sounds very technical to some of our viewers. Who are your customers? And, and you know, do you, what do you, what kind of spectrum of customers do you span? Sure. So great question. Uh, so we are part of CenturyLink, uh, one of the largest telecommunications companies in the U.S., which yep. has uh, millions of customers uh, in its customer base um, that are individual consumers uh, that are uh, individual small to medium-sized businesses. Savas, uh, in the IT infrastructure uh, standpoint, tends to focus on the larger uh, enterprise and global businesses because those are the kind of companies that really need uh, a large server farm, uh, gotcha. that need uh, a massive multi-petabyte storage solution. Mm -hmm. So we're working with uh, a lot of the brands and companies that you know today, Fortune 500 companies, financial institutions, transportation companies and airlines, companies that essentially rely on their IT infrastructure being up 24-7 in a mission-critical environment. I gotcha. Um, so we all know VMware. How, you know, what does the partnership with VMware do for, not just for Savas, but for VMware themselves? I'm sure it's a big boost for their infrastructure to be able to utilize your data centers around the world. Uh, but also, how does this impact your customer? Right. So we have a long-standing relationship with VMware. We've been in the VMware Service Provider Partner Program for a long time. We've launched a managed hosting and a managed cloud service offering based on vCloud technology since around 2006. All right. uh, that's a, one of our more popular customers, one of our most successful product launches. Mm -hmm. uh, VMware, though, as, the, as they've said uh, for years, has been a very enterprise-focused, business-focused software company. They've been selling the software licenses. They've been working with enterprise to develop the software-defined data center for it's pretty much the, you know, in fact, you look at their, uh, you know, their, go to their trade show, you go to their conference, you go to VMworld. That's one of the things that they've always said. Pretty much the Fortune 500 uses VMware. Um, they've been very focused on selling software to that set. What they realized earlier this year is that in order to keep up and keep pace in the world of cloud, they needed to be able to develop their core software so that it worked in a service provider, in a cloud service provider type of model. Gotcha. Um, mm -hmm. Instead of just developing software only to work for an individual enterprise to set up in its own data center, mm -hmm. they needed to make their product more multi-tenancy ready. They sort of stated this overtly and then inferred it. So they made the announcement back in May that they were going to launch their own infrastructure as a service offering. Uh, we're okay. one of their closest partners and have one of the broadest data center footprints in the industry, and it just made sense for us to be essentially a franchisee of that model and help VMware accelerate their path to market. Yeah, when you, so, when you say infrastructure as a service, that sounds, you know, I think of software as a service infrastructure, actually being able to virtualize and, and cloud-base your infrastructure. What does, that, uh, what does that do for the end user? Right. So a lot of people are probably very familiar with software as a service. You know, if you're running, using your email on Gmail or if you're, uh, you know, dialing into any website and logging in, you're pretty much using software as a service. Mm -hmm. Infrastructure as a service is sort of a lower level, uh, you know, cloud service where you are essentially getting servers, compute capacity, network capacity, um, security capabilities on a granular level sort of like Lego building blocks, right? Hmm. You know, the, a SaaS in solution would be like a fully formed wall or a fully formed model. Um, the individual components that make up those models uh, are infrastructure components. And by piecing those together, servers, uh, load balancers, network links, security firewalls, uh, pieces of software that you're gonna run and install, piecing all that together essentially creates any web property that we use today. So what we allow customers to do is buy those infrastructure elements on a piece-by-piece, pay-as-you-go basis out of a larger pool of capacity that we install and run and make available. Nice. I mean, I know that this is all, all you know, this is all what you do, but this is exceptional how technology has allowed uh, companies like Savas to develop this type of product and this type of mm -hmm. virtualized infrastructure. It's just astounding over you know, the course of the past 10 years what yep. has changed. We've, and and I've, I've been in this industry a uh, little over uh, 12 years um, and have just watched it all. It's been amazing yeah. to see, right? Uh, you know, I joined a company, a hosting data center company, uh, right around Y2K during the whole, you know, Y2K uh, concerns. And everybody yeah. was worried that all the websites in the world were going to crash <laughs> because of the software, uh, yeah. for those of you who remember those days. 
Um, and you know, back then it was literally just people running around data centers. Uh, a lot of times the data centers weren't even what data centers as we think of them today. Yeah. They were server closets and mm -hmm. glorified spaces uh, of the office, you know, where people just sort of piled up server equipment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the best providers back then uh, you know, had actual raised floor in data centers and lots of human beings running around with crash carts and hooking things up to machines and making everything work as well together as they possibly could. Right. Uh, you look at it today, it's all software, it's all, uh, you know, rack it once and hardly ever touch it again. Uh, yeah. You know, people are moving through our data centers, physically human beings in our data centers are a lot more rare than they used to be. Unreal, unreal. That is so interesting. Now, I have a question. Now, sure. is this recent partnership for U.S. and Canadian customers, or how will it affect your global users? Right. So the, the service, uh, as we were talking about before, the VMware vCloud hybrid service is essentially VMware's entry into the infrastructure as a service cloud market. We are helping them accelerate. So they were launched it already in two sites uh, in the U.S. We are helping them accelerate that with a few more sites in the U.S., um, and then from there, they're going to worry about getting that launched out into the market. They said at VMworld they were going to look at international expansion sometime in 2014. Now, we are their you know, go-to-market partner and accelerant. Uh, we have data centers in Toronto. We have data centers in the UK and Germany and Japan and Singapore. Uh, we can help them there, but we haven't decided or announced or you know, made any decisions there yet. VMware, I think, is going to try and roll out that service and get it at, you know, running at proper scale and at full density and go live capability in the U.S. And then they've said, and I was at VMworld, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners were, um, that are interested in this space. And that was actually something they heard a lot about. When are you coming to Canada? When are you right. coming to London? When are you coming to some of the other major international markets where VMware has a strong customer base? Right. So where do we go from here, Dave? I mean, the infrastructure is now established. Uh, your partnership with VMware is going to see some amazing things happening over the, the course of the next several years. Uh, what, what's next for Savas? Uh, so Savas uh, is really uh, broadening its, uh, its scope in the cloud. Uh, we just recently went and acquired another company uh, called AppFog. Uh, so we mentioned before around there's different tiers of cloud services. The software is a service that anybody who logs into a website is essentially using infrastructure as a service, which are more component building blocks. And then there's a middle tier, and it's known as platform as a service. And what platform as a service essentially does is it abstracts away all the individual building blocks, and it essentially gives you a software environment or software runtime that you can upload any kind of code into. Wow. Um, AppFog was a platform as a service company that we acquired uh, that is running uh, and compatible with a number of different clouds. Uh, they're one of the leading uh, PaaS providers in the market. So we're now using the AppFog platform as a service technology, and we're working that into our offerings so that whether you're an infrastructure person or whether you're a software developer, you can engage with Savas and start tying into us at whatever model makes most sense to you. Sounds fantastic. Well, congratulations on the new partnership. I think that great things are to come, and we're looking forward to seeing uh, you know where this takes mm -hmm. you and and just the whole the whole cloud infrastructure of VMware. Um, and uh, where can we go? You know, the, a company like yours offers so many different services to so many different levels of clients. Where can we go to find out more about what it is that uh, that you offer? Right. So uh, th the best thing to do is to check out www.savas.com. Um, we have uh, material up there that talks about our cloud services, about what we can do uh, for our customers up in the Canadian market specifically. Uh, we have data center space in Toronto, and we're always looking at expansion opportunities up in the Canadian market. It's been a very successful uh, it's been a very successful geography for us uh, that we've been, especially for customers that are multinational, uh, customers that do business uh, in multiple geographies around the globe. They're always right. looking to Savas for a company that can satisfy those services uh, consistently in a number of countries around the world. So, right. um, you know, checking out Savas.com should give you a perspective on where our data centers are and where our products are available. Very good. We'll post links for, for you in the show notes of episode number 316. So make sure you check that out at category5.tv and do check out uh, Savas.com. Dave, been a pleasure having you here. Bobby, Hillary, it's been great to be with you. Thank you so much. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'd love to say hello to all of our new viewers uh, who are joining us through oh, Category5.tv. Uh, maybe we can tag team on the list here. Sure. Do, 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 do. We'd like to welcome Zeru Babel. 
Babel? Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. That makes more sense when you say it fast. How is it that I know how to say that? I was like, Zerubbabel? Oh, hey. Zerubbabel. Hmm. Welcome. Old Salt is finally registering on the site. It's fantastic Yay. having you registering with us. Good to see you. And GT Sherman, we welcome you as well. Welcome to the show. And Jaw79, nice to have you joining us at www.category5.tv. Thanks for joining us. Um, hey, you want to be a registered viewer because we love to give away stuff. And we actually have a we prize do. that we're just going to give away randomly tonight. Hey. So, uh, you know. <laughs> If you're a registered viewer, that's great. If not, go to our website, category5.tv, and uh, get your registration set up, Mm -hmm. uh, because we do have the technology to give away prizes. Nice to see everybody in the chat room. Yes, we love our chat room, because they are so fun, and they're also very, very helpful. So sometimes if we're talking about a question you've sent in, the chat room will be like, on top of it. They got it. You don't even need us sometimes. You just need your chat room. (laughs) Just kidding. <laughs> if only we could give them control of the cameras, then, you know, I wouldn't have to. I'd just sit and we back. We would just watch. And I'd just sit here and I'd just be mm-hmm. talking. And all of a sudden, I'd, I'd just be talking and up would come the lower third because <laughs> Jot decided there it is. It'd be too laid back, folks. Well, hey, <laughs> I've got lots of your questions tonight. Uh, I do have some gear to give away. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, I don't know if you notice or not, but the sound tonight is fantastic. Once again, we're back to great sound chat room. What do you think? It sounds great, doesn't it? Can you hear us? Very big, <laughs> very big thanks to our friends over at MusicProBerry.com. Yes. They fixed up our microphones for us. Uh, they saw the show a couple weeks ago when we had that kind of crackling sound. Oh. And I said, oh, I just wish I knew what, uh, what the problem was. Oh, yeah. And they actually serviced the, uh, the headsets and found that there was one of the cables were frayed. Oh. And it can happen because these are really, really thin cables. I don't fine, know if you can yeah. see. They're very, very thin. And so they were able to replace those cables Aww. for us, and here we go. So into Love season seven, we sound great. It is uh, musicproberry.com. Uh, they have been a huge supporter of the mm-hmm. show, really uh, great people to work with. They always, always, always pull through for us, so I'd encourage you to check them out. And, uh, you know, maybe you can order something through telephone and get oh, them yeah. to ship it to you or something Very to show sure. your support. Let them know that you heard of them on Category 5. It's musicproberry.com. Terrific. What else have we got? Well, I would just like to thank viewers who are so kind and have already started donating funds to the show. It sure it makes a difference, I tell you. Um, we run into little things and, you know, even just the cost of, uh, you know, replacing things when they get damaged. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's really, really helpful. So I'm excited that our big fundraiser starts next Tuesday night. Yes, so it does. make sure... Um, you're you're ready for it, and uh, I'm really excited to show you all the wonderful things that we're going to be doing over the next several months, mm-hmm. and uh, really, really keen to spill the beans, if you will. But we're kind of keeping it hush for the moment, so you'll have to tune in next week and learn all about it. You got it. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, well, check this out. This is... Uh, Something that I want to show you a little bit later in the show, but we're just going to tease about it. Ooh. NetTalk Duo has partnered with VTech once again, and this is available for you. Uh, you can get phones as well as free calling. It's Ooh. got two cordless phones, and we're going to be opening that up a little bit later in the show and sh- uh, sharing with you Yay. where you can pick one of those up. So make cool. sure that you stick around. Uh, in the meantime, we can jump straight into viewer questions. Certainly. Uh, we've got lots of them. So we do. So. We do. We do. We do. We do. Okie dokie. I have a <laughs> comment, not a question. But we will we welcome comments. tackle it anyways because yeah. you guys got interesting thoughts to share and we want to share them. So this comes to us from uh, Shiro Sensei. Um, I don't know if you've covered this program or not, but PhotoWall, photo spelled F-O-T-O, is an open source program that allows you to create a collage. It's very nice. I created a collage of a thousand images of my local friends and use the Save to Web plugin for the GIMP. So it gives us the link for this website. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't ever recall you no i've never featured it i've never actually uh seen the software but uh we love stuff that helps us to make good multimedia um so i guess this is like you say nice kind of collaging software let's see what the downloads tell us oh look at that windows mac and linux fantastic so 
Uh, we'll post links for you in the show notes, and if you want to have a look, and maybe I'll have a look at it uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks or something, and yeah. we'll see if it's something that we want to feature on the show. Not sure how current it is. Looking at the website, um, the latest news is from December 2011, which is always a bit of a an off-putting, mm-hmm. I think, when something is, is getting dated like that. Um, but it could be just that they haven't updated their website. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, check it out. Photo wall. Thanks for the tip. You can make a collage of Robbie. There you go. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I have a real question. All right. Coming to us from Old Salt, our recently registered viewer. Old Salt, how are you? <laughs> now, uh, just before we get into the question, I'll just say Old Salt has kind of been keeping me, uh, he's been chronicling oh. his experience in installing software like really? uh, his new Linux operating system. And so I've, I've received your emails, but by the time it comes showtime oh, to respond, yeah. I've already gotten three more that says, okay, I figured that out. But now, I've, so it's been fun reading a through journey. your emails and I certainly enjoy it. And it's nice to see that you've registered on the website lately as well. Yes, we appreciate that. Okay. So this, I guess, is the latest in the episodic All right. journey from Old Salt. Robbie, once again, I need to pick your brain. I have Point Linux on my HP uh, G6 notebook now. Right. However, I have two problems. When installing, I had two options for grub, um, backslash dev, backslash SDA, or backslash dev, okay. SDA1. Okay. So SDA or SDA1. Okay. Well, why don't I, as we're going through, I'll kind of tackle each little thing. So SDA is your hard drive. It's your first hard drive. SDA means first hard drive. A. Second hard drive in your computer will be SDB. Third will be SDC and so on. So SDA1 means mm. the first partition on your oh, first hard drive. SDA2 means the second partition on your first hard drive. Gotcha. Sort of thing. It gets a little confusing because mm. you'll have SDA5 without having SDA3. Very confusing, isn't it? But it's still <laughs> the partition on the first hard drive. Gotcha. So when you're installing Grub and it asks you where do you want to put it, you're not going to put it on your first partition. You're going to put it on your first hard drive because it goes into the boot sector, right? So mm. it's going to be SDA, not SDA1. Okay. Well, okay. check this out. All right. I chose the default SDA when I did the reboot. There was no Grub menu. So oh, I no. decided to start over with a clean install, this time going with SDA1. Same thing, no grub. So installed once again using SDA. Uh, then I left it that way. Then I visited a lot of sites trying to find out how to repair the grub boot. Nothing worked. I made a USB boot stick, which works. Imagine that. While learning the new system, I discovered I can't access my Wi-Fi. I installed the drivers for Wi-Fi, but nothing seems to work. Hmm. I know you can help because you demand. Thank you Out for man. all the I sure hope I can help. Um, with some of the things that you're describing there, like not not having Grub working, mm-hmm. your Wi-Fi is not working, and this and that, and, and seeing the chronicling, I, I almost wonder if you've got a bad ISO, Ooh. which is like the download has somehow gotten corrupted as it's saving to your system from online. And I understand that you know how to do an MD5 sum, and you know about that. Um, checking MD5 is like getting the hash of a file. So if I if I have a file... And I run an MD5 sum on it. It gives me a nice long number that is now a representation of that file. Hmm. So if I now copy that file, give it to you, and you do an MD5 sum, and the and the MD5 sum matches the number that I gave you, you know that the file didn't get corrupted in transmission. Right. If, however, the number is different, then there's a problem with the transmission. Hmm. So I would check the MD5 sum on your on your ISO, which is the downloadable CD. Just make sure that it is not corrupt. Um, as far as fixing Grub, though, there there used to be a tool called Super Grub Disk. It has changed because when Grub 2 came out, they stepped it up. But I think it is still just... Uh, I'm just checking their website. I think it's still supergrubdisk.org. Yes, it is. So on that website, you'll see what they've done is they've brought out this new version called Rescatux. <laughs> and Rescatux includes this fixes grub and grub two and so what this tool does it's a free tool that's downloadable for you it's an iso file you can um you can set it up so that it you know boot from a cd or whatever and with that tool you can now fix 
a botched grub install. So if there was something that went wrong during mm-hmm. the grub install, it should fix that. Um, so that's a good place to start. The other problem with having the inability to set up your Wi-Fi, it just seems like odd little things, but it could be chipset related. It could be something to do with your laptop isn't compatible, but that's becoming increasingly less and less, uh, you know, it doesn't happen as much as it used to. You used to have real problems with um, certain hardware, but these days it's not quite as as picky. But uh, how old is the system? Things like that. Um, try booting from the live CD and see if the Wi-Fi works from the live yeah. CD. Um, and if not, and, and I do recommend that you check the MD5 sum as well and check your burn if it was burnt to a CD to make sure that it worked and that the MD5 of the CD itself is the same as the MD5 of the file. Hmm. So. Okay, hmm. well, give that a whirl and report back and hopefully yeah, please let us know. we can uh, provide some resolve to your Sega your episodes yes. <laughs> of issues. We'll get it, man. And uh, again, I've got a uh, team viewer. So if you'd like me to remote in and take a look yeah, and see if true. I can help you out, maybe fix something up for you. But in this case, it sounds like some, some things that you just need to kind of work through. And you know what? Switching to Linux is a lot of fun for people like us who like to tinker, tinker. I guess you would say. I was going to say tinker. Fiddle. Realistically, I mean, some people I would say, I just want, you know, I, I buy a Mac because I just want it to work. And when they <laughs> say that, what they're saying is, this is an appliance that has been built with specific hardware, specific software for that hardware. So when I pull it out of the box, it's going to boot up and do exactly the same thing as the other one that I pull out of the box and boot up and do the same thing. Because it is an appliance, or that's how they used to right. be conser- considered anyways. It's becoming less and less so. But with Linux and Windows, but Linux in particular because you can customize and you can tinker and you can play around. Mm-hmm. It's, it can be fun for people who like that kind of thing. So it's not the same experience as buying a Mac because you're not booting it up the first time and everything is exactly as you... No, it's it's more right. fun. We get to add effects. We get to change things. But sometimes, yeah, we might run into problems where we've got to figure out, okay, well, why isn't grub loading? Okay, let's figure this out. Let's look into it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can boot from the CD... You can mount your hard drive. You can go into all your configuration files and you know load your your Grub's uh, menu list and see what uh, what is going on there. If it's not detecting, or maybe Windows is holding on to the boot partition. If it's Windows eight, it might have control over the boot sector that doesn't allow you to overwrite with Grub. Um, there's all these kinds of variables. So, and that's another thing to think about too. So many potentialities mm-hmm. what is the way well you will figure it out or we will help you get there certainly try <laughs> thanks for thanks for sending the question we sure. love it i have another little um tidbit of info a tidbit yes sounds okay. delicious this comes to us from what reads as senior underscore wences okay but if you wanted to know why I call myself SR, Senior Sir, he was a famous ventriloquist from the 60s when I was very little. Oh. But it's Senor. Ah, Senor. No, it's supposed to be Sir or... Senor Wenceslas. No, it's, Wen- no, it's not Wenceslas. It's, it's Wences. Wences. There you go. So... See, I, I haven't been around that long, know. so I didn't, uh, I didn't realize. But now we'll call you now Senor. Now we know. So when I'm reading it, I say Sir or Senior. No, Senor... And it just makes me want to say, Senor. Senor just Wences. rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Thanks for filling us in. Because yes. we get these names, and sometimes it's really, really complicated to figure it out. And, uh, you know, if it's Leet and we don't realize it's Leet, we're saying the numbers, folks. So. We don't know. I that's just, just read how it, it goes down. Yeah. It's like the news girl <laughs> on the teleprompter. I just read what's in front of me. But I don't know yeah. what it means. Speaking, of, you don't. Well, we needed to explain it to us because speaking of News Girl with the teleprompter, guess what time it is? It's time for the news.
these things. Wild. Uh, they're brilliant. 12000 a day. And that they're being made in the UK, folks. That's, that's a big feat. That's awesome. And uh, you should be really proud about that if you're from the UK. Because that's, that's major level stuff. I mean, these things are revolutionizing, I think. And, you know, there are some other uh, units that are doing the same. But the Raspberry Pi is kind of the big mainstream one that is providing a, a low-cost, you know, $25, $30 computer that pounds. can be used for manufacturing cool devices, robotics, sending teddy bears into the stratosphere to take pictures. <laughs> You never really know. You don't. Well, here's some news for you. IT security vendor Kososys has announced that uh, they have now released mobile device management for the cloud as a cloud service. Mm. They showcase highly efficient uh, functionalities like tracking and locating your mobile devices, for example. Remote lock, remote wipe. Uh, also, app monitoring and a whole bunch of other great features as well. Imagine if somebody stole your phone or especially in business, we think about you know device control and maybe we've got some private confidential business information there. Here's a platform that is now offering cloud services to allow you to track that stolen device. The new system allows companies to manage both iOS and Android mobile devices. I uh, wonder why they're not putting any focus on BlackBerry. Hmm. Uh, but it allows you to do it directly from the cloud with the flexibility and scalability of that architecture. The product is available for small to medium businesses, uh, large businesses, uh, also government level education facilities, uh, nonprofits as well. You can visit endpointprotector.ca for more details. And they actually have a free trial request there as well if you'd like to check it out. Ooh. But I think that is the way that, uh, that things are going. You'll remember that uh, Bogdan Oros joined us on Category 5 TV a while back and we chatted about his product. And it's amazing to see them winning awards and growing. And now they're into uh, this cloud model as well, which is, uh, I think, really, really exciting for the platform. For business... You Very just cool. you gotta have it, yeah. These Very days. Cool. Do you know what else is cool? What's cool? The pro. Seven years. Why didn't he implement that into the iPod that he developed? I don't know. Just saying. That's a good question. Just saying. Maybe they're testing it on here to see if it actually works and saves lives. And then, when he brings out the iPod 10. Then they'll know for the iPod that yeah. it will work and save right. lives too. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's crazy. I know. <laughs> Ever crazy? Really? Oh, just let me check my that phone. That could be cool. Yeah. So the then you actually then you actually drop the phone in the bacon grease <laughs> and it explodes and. That could be dangerous stuff. That seems a little nutty to me. That's kind of cool, though. And I think about, you know, obviously the thing must have wireless communication. Yeah. And I think about how, like, we have a three-story house. Mm -hmm. And if a fire broke out in the basement, how long would it take for me to realize that on the third floor? If, if the alarm was going off, I might hear it for sure. But if, you know, if we were asleep or whatever, you might not. Something like this because it's got wireless communication uh, and they have fire alarms, like just mm. dumb fire alarms that are a little bit smarter anyway that, <laughs> that communicate as well and it'll set off all the ones in the house and the hardwired stuff. But something like this will probably go one step further because it's got all that kind of Wi-Fi. I, yeah. I would expect that it could probably, like, could it alert emergency <laughs> services? Because oh, if probably. it's internet connected, if it can could. text me, couldn't it text 911? Well. If it's that smart, I would that think. would be the next step, I think. 
Next level. Well, they're saying... The nest step. Uh, oh, oh, Robbie, that was good. They hire you for yep. that. I should be doing marketing and promotions for these guys. You know, they can stick to the technology and all. Well, there's. they go on to say... Not just a pretty face. They got a lot going on here. It says Not that a pretty face. The features which Nest described as a friendly heads up aim to do away with smoke alarms that constantly alert users to non-existent threats and ultimately lead the consumers to removing their batteries altogether. Yeah. So it is smarter because... That's a real risk. I mean, I burn food all the time, and that dang thing goes off and drives me crazy. Mine goes off just making toast. Yeah. I didn't even burn it. It's just hot, and so it says, oh, something's hot, meep, meep. It's just crazy. A little bit of chicken on the bottom of the burner. I know, I know. It's going off. So I'm tempted to take the batteries out, but I know that is not smart. That's the opposite of smart. We're fortunate that our fire alarms here, they do talk. They're not smart alarms, but they have a hush mode. And they're these, you know, the kid alarms that have a big button on it. And so it says, fire, fire. And <laughs> but so you can push it and it will say, hush mode, now activated. And it will be quiet for oh, five minutes or whatever. But it doesn't always work that great. It's certainly not as sophisticated as what they're mm-hmm. showing us at Nest. Uh-uh. So that's really cool. Anything else to report on that? Or am I good to go? Well, I just have a little something, something oh, okay. from the vice president. Oh, the VP of over there. He is saying, Matt Rogers, safety shouldn't be annoying. True. It was unacceptable to us that one in eight houses in the UK have a non-functioning smoke alarm. These products are required by law and are supposed to keep us safe. I'll yet say. people hate them, and we wanted to change that. So, way to go, Matt Rogers. So, if we could turn this into some kind of a PSA, check your fire alarms tonight. All right. Make sure your batteries are good. It was just fire prevention week. I've actually lost a loved one uh, when I was young to Mm. a fire, and it was because the fire alarms were not working. So check your fire alarms. That's our PSA tonight. Do that. Report back to us if (laughs) you found that the battery was dead, because we very well saved your life. It's true stuff. All right. (laughs) Nice to see that they're stepping things up. Okay, here's something that's a little bit ominous and scary. Adobe. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Customer said to me this week, why do I need to be concerned about remote desktop hacks? We've been using remote desktop for a long time. It's never been a problem. Well, the fact is, is it's getting worse. It's getting worse because people are starting to exploit Windows XP like a mad thing because it's losing its support on April something. So, okay, well, if it always worked, why do we need to be concerned? Here's Adobe. They're huge. Who doesn't have Adobe software on their computer? Whether you be using Mac, Linux, or Windows, you probably use or have used Adobe software. Well, they have confirmed that 2.9 million customers have had their private information compromised during a sophisticated cyber attack on their website. Oh, boy. This is Adobe, okay? This isn't just us with our computers connected to the Internet. This is a big company. The attackers accessed encrypted customer passwords as well as their payment card information. Oh, boy. It did not believe that the decrypted debit or credit card information was removed. Doesn't mean it wasn't accessed. Adobe also revealed that it is investigating the illegal access of source code from numerous of their products. That includes, at the very least, Adobe Acrobat and Cold Fusion. Here's the thing. Billions of computers around the world are using Adobe software. So if a hacker was able to manage to inject malicious code into the source code that they've now stolen and then put it into official-looking package, packaging or on an official-looking website and distribute that code, they could very well potentially be taking over control of millions of computers Aye. through what looks like Adobe software because it is Adobe software. Right. They've got the code now. Adobe said that it is resetting passwords for the customer accounts it believes were compromised and that those customers would get an email alerting them to the change. It also is recommending that as a precaution, customers affected by the change who also use the same password on other websites should absolutely go to those sites and change their password to something else as well. Always good practice to use different passwords on every single website. And in fact, next week we're going to be looking at uh, how we can actually increase the security of our passwords using entropy. So you don't want to miss that. But passwords are, you know, that's your line of defense. In a lot of cases, we've only got a single point of failure when you're logging into a website or whatever. It's not like uh, they don't have multi-level access. Yeah. So 
Well, you can get these full stories online at category5.tv slash newsroom. Uh, this week, the Category 5 newsroom was researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions from our community of viewers. If you have a story you think is worthy of on-air mention, send us a little email at newsroom at category5.tv. From the newsroom, I'm Hillary, and that's Robbie. Thanks, Hill. Okay, I alluded to it. Yes. NetTalk, Duo, and uh, also VTech. We all know those two companies, of mm-hmm. course. VTech make these excellent wireless phones. Yeah. NetTalk Duo develops this device that allows you to connect your phone to your internet connection. Very cool. Plug it into your router, cool. and all of a sudden, you pick up a phone, and you've got a dial tone. You can dial out. You can take calls. And it's free calling. You can call anywhere in the U.S., Canada, and there's no long-distance bill. How do you love that? This is available now at Walmart Canada stores. And uh, let's just take a look at what we get. All right. This is great for students. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we've got... Now, in the box, I should show you, it's actually just, it is just a box with the two products. So it literally is just a bundle. There you go. They've just put it up in a fancy box so you can grab this thing. Now... Imagine, okay, so your NetTalk Duo device. This includes unlimited long distance. Yes. You know, to, with, I think there's some kind of a limit, but you're never going to approach it. Uh, but this includes your long distance, no charge, for one full year. Ooh. So if the kids go away or whatever, buy them one of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Here you go, kid. Happy Christmas. <laughs> here's, a, here's something that's going to let you call them for, uh, for free if you get one for yourself as well. They can call home. Perfect. That's really nice. And then you get the two phones as well from VTech. These are always great. Oh, yeah. Um, these ones are, let's see what the specs say. They're decked six, so you're not going to get interference from nearby devices or anything like that. It's going to work really well. Uh, it's got the two handsets. I love these things because you've got the one charger base that's plugged into the phone line, or in this case, a NetTalk Duo. Mm-hmm. And the other base is just a charger, and it also connects to this one. So you don't have to have two phone jacks. So this one here that's can nice. be anywhere in the anywhere. house. Anywhere at all. Your room. Anywhere. And this one here can be, you know, your net talk can be plugged into the router and the base station can be down, you know, in the, down by the phone jack or whatever, by your net talk duo where the internet connection comes in. It's perfect. So what do you expect? It will cost you $95.99. No, this is, we're talking $79.96 for the whole year. Plus you get all the devices. So I had to show you this because it's such a steal. Okay. Yeah. 80 bucks. So it's only available at Walmart Canada as the bundle. Uh, but if you're looking for something like that, I definitely recommend that you check them out. We love those devices. We I do. actually use VTech phones upstairs. I mean, they're just the phones that you're going to pick up anyway. But oh, yeah. um, NetTalk is going to just slash your phone bill. You're not going to have to pay a phone bill anymore. anymore. There you go. Encore. Definitely. I'd love to take one more question before we give stuff away. Oh, certainly. Because I just love the questions. Mm. Thanks for sending in your questions, everybody. You can do so. Just send us an email through the week live at category5.tv if you like. Yes, you can. And we got one from Keck, Keck, Keck. Hey, Keck, Keck, Keck. From San Diego, California. Hey, yeah. Writing, I love the show and I'm gradually, watch, gr- bleh, gradually watching all the old episodes and I'm learning a lot. A wealth of information here. Mm. I'm using Ubuntu 12.04, using uh, KeePass X to store passwords and Glipper as a clipboard manager. I have right. KeePass X set to remove the password from the clipboard after 20 seconds. But unfortunately, Glipper captures the passwords and then keeps them in yeah. the history. Hmm. I can manually clear the history in Glipper, but I have to remember to do this every time. You kind of do. As yeah. this machine is in an office environment, I'm a little concerned about the potential security problem if I forget. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, that's tough because Glipper will take into... Uh, your drop down list and it will memorize everything that you highlight kind of so and i've had it happen with clipper where you know i highlight a credit card number copy it to my clipboard and paste it somewhere to do a transaction and and never realizing oh my goodness i just put it in there and now you know it's public information for anyone who sits down at my computer that's kind of dangerous so there comes a point where you got to say well maybe glipper isn't for this environment um certainly very very handy for a personal computer where you're the only person who's using it or you're sharing it with family and friends or you've got your own login it just takes good practice i don't know if i haven't used glipper in a little while um i don't know if there's an ability to time out Mm. um logs after so long 
I'm sure you could purge the logs after a reboot or something like that. But again, you've got to then reboot your computer. Right. Um, you could find where your Glipper memory is being stored. It would be a file in your in your home folder, like a subfolder of your home folder. Um, maybe in like dot glipper or something like that. <laughs> See if you can purge it with a cron job every now and then, like at midnight or something, so that if you forget and walk away, it That's would delete idea. the file or something like that. Not really sure if there's a, a an actual official fix for that. Um, I'll, I'll welcome the chat room to let you know, for or sure. if anyone has any ideas on that one. A glipper is a great tool because it, let's say you do a lot of copying and pasting, and you copy, let's say a URL is a good example, and then you paste it in, and then now you don't want to have to go back to the website, copy the URL again to paste it again. Mm-hmm. Glipper will just put it into a drop-down list, and you just click on it, and it oh, will automatically cool. paste. And it can be really, really handy, but it can be a little bit of a security yes, issue as well. I'd so, say. Yeah, it can be a little bit scary, I guess, if you, if you use it wrong. So, hey, get into the chat room. Right now is your chance. And it's your only chance for tonight. Oh, for the big special prize. The big special prize, folks. Tell them what it was. Well, I'll tell you. We've been giving these <laughs> things away about one a month, and I love these. This is the newer technologies uh, seven port USB 2.0 Ooh. powered hub. It has seven ports. One of those ports is 2.1 amp dedicated power. Nice. And you cannot go wrong with that. Um, yeah. This is a fantastic device. Check them out at newertechnology.com. Let's go. Let's go. Drawbot. Here we go. Here we go. Drawbot is going into the chat room, grabbing your names. I want to send one of these to you. I actually use one of these to power uh, one of my Rico Magic devices. I use this on my desk as well uh, because it's just a fantastic device. Powered USB means you're not pulling the power from your computer. Um, there are there's a new trend of USB computer monitors right now, huh. which are fantastic. I'd love to show you one on the show. They're amazing. Imagine a, a computer monitor that you plug into your computer, and all of a sudden it gives you a third monitor. It's awesome. Cool. But the problem is, is it's powered by your USB port. So something like this now, I could plug the power cable, the USB power cable for that monitor into the 2.1 amp dedicated port, and you're not going to max out the power and the bandwidth on your USB port on your laptop. That is clever, I think. Yeah. And who doesn't need more USB ports and ones that are a little easier to access by placing them on your desk? I do with my laptop at work. I it's got a good idea, my folks. Mouse. I got my other things. <laughs> oh, I got like three memory sticks on the go, so yeah. There you go. I see your names going by here. Come on. Going by in our newly designed space. Yeah, we're flying through space here. Space. Your names are in space. I saw you, Dave. Dave? Dave? Oh, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have too many references to space. 2001 Space Odyssey. Here we go. It's speeding up. Here they go. Flying go, Drawbot. Good luck, everybody. This is for the newertechnology.com 7-port USB 2.0 powered hub, and the winner is Alpec. Congratulations, Alpec. All you have to do to pick up your prize is send us a quick email live at category5.tv. We need your real name and your mailing address for the courier to be able to send this to you. So make sure that it's, uh, I don't think that they usually courier to a P.O. box. So make sure you send us your address and we'll send you one of those. Terrific. Congratulations. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. We've got time for uh, another couple of questions, oh, yeah, I think. certainly. Congratulations, Alpec. Certainly, certainly. Okay, this comes to us from uh, Aglet from Durham, North Carolina. Aglet. Yeah. Which, when said, sounds like egglet. <laughs> huh. Little egglet. Different. Hey, Aglet. <laughs> um, Robbie, thanks a ton for the VM sessions. Oh, I guess it's someone you helped prior. I have a quick question. Oh. I have an old Windows 2000 server and an XP box, both running customized software. Will the Mergeide? Mergeide. Oh, I read that wrong. I see it now. It's all good. Um, registry trick work with the older systems, or is it just Windows 7? Okay. Yeah, actually, what what is being referred to here is a feature that Becca and I did on the show oh. where we virtualized an actual physical computer. It was a two-part episode, oh, and gotcha. we wrapped it up on episode number 313 was part two. 
That was back on September 17th. You can find that on our website, category5.tv. It was part of season six. So if you go into season six, you'll yes. be able to find it. Okay, right. Episode 313, we showed you how to use Merge IDE to convert an actual physical computer into a virtual machine, which I think is fantastic, mm-hmm. um, especially considering, you know, if you wanted to virtualize a server, right? Think about this, uh, Aglet. Aglet. <laughs> if you wanted to virtualize a server, right? I've said, I've said that a couple times. Well, the servers don't have Windows 7. Servers have Windows Server 2003 or 2 or 2008. Or if you're really lucky, Windows Server 2000. Ooh. So. Let's hope not. So being able to virtualize those, yeah. Merge IDE was in fact developed for older Windows operating systems, but still works on Windows 7. And that's why if you remember in episode 313, what did I say? Ignore the bat file because it doesn't work. Okay. But instead, just import the reg file, right? Because that bat file was, in fact, designed for Windows XP. Hmm. So, by importing the reg file, it will work with Windows Vista, Windows XP, Windows uh, uh, 7, uh, possibly Windows 8. I don't know. We've never tested. Hmm. Um, definitely Windows server operating systems and all these kinds of things. So, yes. The answer is yes. That will work with your system. I always suggest use CloneZilla, make a clone of your drive first, just as a fail-safe. You're messing with the registry. You don't want to break anything. You don't want to all of a sudden not be able to boot your computer. And I'm not saying that's going to happen because this registry key that I provided, Merge IDE, is safe. But any time that I suggest you use any kind of registry editing, I'm going to tell you have a good backup and CloneZilla is the way to go. Because then if you botch your computer and you can no longer boot, (laughs) you can always image it back to your computer Mm -hmm. and then try again. Bit of a hassle, but it's worth having that level of a backup. Yeah, I'd say. All right, give it a whirl. Let us know how it goes. Okay. One more question? I think so. I think so, definitely. This is great. I love getting so many questions tonight. This is good. Keep them coming, folks. Okay, this comes to us from Bloody Iron. <laughs> Before we move on, Invincible Mutants, does it, does it work with Windows 3.11? How about Windows 98? Thanks for the little laugh out loud. I don't get it. Hence my reference to Windows 2000. It will probably work with Windows 2000. You can try it with your Windows 3.11 system if you'd like. Do people still have those? Windows 3.11, I don't think you need to merge IDE. I don't think that they had the same level of... Registry, yeah, you could just image that and then Please. discard it. Just yeah. buy yourself Sorry. a new computer. I found that funny. Yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Wolfenstein 3D is getting really old. Yeah, and that ad lib card just doesn't match today's standards. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I think that's safe to say. Mm-hmm. So, okay, this question's a little bit of a throwback to episode 236 um, when you talk about the LifeCam Studio webcam. And how you he says he you present it in different ways. So the episode sold um, okay. Bloody Iron on the quality of it. So he then picked one up, mm-hmm. but he's a little stuck on one part because I'm not getting very smooth video from it. It just seems blurry and a bit low um, on frames. Okay. Now, there's a couple of ideas I have, but I want to hear what you have to say. As you outlined in episode 236, lighting impacts the frame rate. Um, you also use mm-hmm. dedicated USB 3.0 controllers. And I haven't yet set up proper lighting for my set, so I'll test this uh, when I get a chance. I may get USB 3.0 dedicated controller too, but just not yet. What things did you find massively improved the frame rate? Are there other things that I should try in the meantime? Yes, okay. So first of all, to reiterate, the lighting on a webcam is imperative when you want to get a good frame rate. Here's what happens is your webcam out of the box is set up Mm -hmm. to turn down the frame rate in order to increase the luminescence of a dark scene. So Mm -hmm. if I'm using that life cam and the light is dim, it will actually clock down the frame rate to say seven frames a second in order Mm -hmm. to compensate for the lack of light so that it can bring in more light during each frame. So the picture will look better, but it will look like this, <laughs> right? So lighting is the first thing to check. Now with the LifeCam Studio cameras, there is also a technology, I think it was called True Color or something like that. If you bring up the driver, the first option that you see is something called True Color or something along those lines. And what it is is it's trying to digitally figure out 
your white balance and all this kind of stuff and do it on the fly in real time and it really tends to lag so Mm. turn that off and see if that improves the performance it might change the color tones in which case you might have to go into properties and just drag some sliders around and with these cameras anything that's automated is going to decrease your frame rate it's crazy so (laughs) the nice thing about a webcam is you're sitting in one place and you're not doing a lot of running around you don't need it to autofocus usually okay if I'm on a webcam, I can hard set the focus. And with the life cams, it's definitely an option. You turn off the autofocus in the properties. And then you can set the focus to what looks good, which you know depends on where you're sitting compared to the camera. So you hard set that instead of having it set to auto, which is going to make it go into the phase in and phase out of focus and also will cause um, a little bit less performance. Big ones, though, for it. Turn off the true view or true color or whatever it's called. And uh, make sure you've got lots of lighting and let us know how that goes and, uh, and see. Auto exposure will give the simulation of low frame rate as well hmm. because auto exposure will jump from one setting down to a lower light setting and up to a higher light setting if it's having trouble finding the right exposure. So because it's kind of jerky in that process, it might give you the impression of low frame rate. So you could turn off auto exposure as well and find one that looks really nice. Having manual control on those cameras is really a great feature uh, because it gives you this, the ability to create a very professional-looking image from a webcam. They're 1080p. They're great cameras as long as you manually configure them. So, hmm. Good luck. Let us know how it goes, okay? Yeah, yeah. let us know. Um, okay, this is kind of a opinion piece, Robbie. All righty. Maybe you can squeeze that in in a couple minutes. What's your minutes. favorite color? It's blue. (laughs) There's no name on here. I saw your episode, which talked about the uselessness of hardware encryption. I would like you to have a look and let your viewers know what you think of this product um, I found, which is new. It's called Chameleon Encryption System. Yeah. It's basically a USB key that does the encrypting. When it's unplugged, you can't read or access the files on the hard drive partition. Have you heard of this before? Yeah. One of those... um I don't know about the chameleon-specific one. I'll tell you a, a scenario where data encryption will work, and that is these key devices that mm. you can get for your your bus. It goes between, and I don't know about the chameleon. Tell me if this is the same product, but I'll tell you what does work. It goes between the the SATA bus on your hard on your hard drive controller, your motherboard, and the hard drive itself. It's an encryption chip. Sounds all fine and good, right? But then you're going to have the same problem where if someone steals the server or the computer, they have the decryption chip, right? No, wrong. See, this is the great thing because now they've got the key is a USB key or possibly a proprietary key that you plug in. Okay. Here's where it's good. That key has the decryption key. Oh. So you plug in the USB key Mm -hmm. and turn on the computer. The computer now has the key in memory. You unplug the key Mm. and you put it in your pocket and you walk away. The computer operates and runs great and is able to encrypt the data and decrypt the data on the fly. But the instant someone turns it off, it no longer has the decryption key because that USB key is now in your pocket. So then they steal that server, they plug it in, and they can't figure out why will it not boot up Mm. because I don't have the USB key. (laughs) That's where encryption is that's where it actually works it's those external hard drives that have the encryption and decryption key built into the same unit so if somebody walks away with your external hard drive they have both the ability to yeah add and remove files and read the files there's nothing to stop them from reading the files so why encrypt it Hmm. because then if the hard drive crashes it's very very expensive if even possible to do data recovery yeah because it's encrypted data. Hmm. What if the decryption key gets exploded? A lot of times these things with the, the keys also, they, they include several of the decryption keys. So you can't go wrong. That's the way to go if you're in business or whatever. So wow. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, I know. Wow. Just, this takes us right up to the end of the show. Fun show. Congratulations show. again to our winner. We are going to send you one of those uh, newer technology hubs. Find out all the links that uh, we mentioned in the show tonight on our website, category5.tv. And uh, our episode tonight is 316. 
Don't forget. Yeah, next week, (laughs) our our, uh, crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo starts up. Very, very excited about that. I hope that you'll be involved. And I can't wait to tell you about all the exciting things that we're going to be doing. Uh, Krista Wells is going to be joining me in the studio. We're going to be looking at how to really secure up our passwords using Entropy. Um, So don't miss next week's show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sounds good to me. Thanks for being here, Hill. No problem. Almost got tongue-tied. Look, I got tongue-tied at the end of the show. That was good. (laughs) Did pretty well during the the main part of it. Oh, yeah. Get to the end and suddenly I can't speak. You're golden. Hillary, always a pleasure. Thank you. I had a blast. Thanks for joining us tonight. See ya. Bye. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 